I am Deborah, granddaughter of Rose. I am Bukola, granddaughter of Ibidum. Daughter of Gloria. Daughter of Fumilayo. Mother of Robin. Mother of Ifemiwali. Grandmother of Carol. Grandmother of my child to come in the future. I don't yes, have yes. Child. Isn't that beautiful though? It is, I just love that. That is just so powerful. Welcome to Truth and Reconciliation with Buki Shonoga. This program is inspired by the brutal murder of Judge Floyd and is rooted on the premise that without candid and uncomfortable conversations on systemic racism in America, we cannot begin the process of healing and resolve. The show also presents the African diaspora perspectives on the transatlantic slave trade and institutional racism in America. My guest today is Deborah Pointer, and the topic is Kamala Harris and Michelle Obama. Can powerhouse black women help redeem America? Deborah is a Peabody Award winner and an NAACP Image Award winner for Russell Simmons' Death Poetry, which she co-founded and, exec and executive produced on HBO. She has spent most of her career in higher education as Associate Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid at Cornell University, Director of Admissions at Columbia University School of Engineering, and Director of Financial Aid at Downstate Medical Center. She's committed to access and opportunities for low-income students and creating opportunities in the performing arts. Deb, welcome to the program. Oh my goodness. Hi, Bookie, my friends. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank oh, you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you. It's been quite a while. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. And, and we go way back, and uh, I, uh, I'm really grateful that we're alive, you know, right in the storm of this COVID, right? It's, it's, it's like we're in the twilight zone. Yes, I thank God because, you know, I'm still at Downstate Medical, and right. I worked all during the COVID as an essential worker. Right. So, so I went in every day, and it was, it was, it was horrifying. Yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine. Well, but thank God we're here. And uh, yes. it, it seems, at least it appears, you know, on the universe that good things are happening, especially in the United States, that we are about to, you know, change the tide. That's what it seems like. So that's why we're here today. I'm inviting you because I know you have a wealth of knowledge and being an African-American and a sister, I mean, I've known you for decades and you're one of those people that... Um, was my mentor and continue to be my mentor. A lot of the things that I have come to learn about America, about being black in America, I learned firsthand with you. I mean, holding me really close and I really appreciate all those years. So it's exciting to be yes. here today. <laughs> right. Yes. So, Kamala Harris. Go ahead. Yeah. In fact, you know, Bookie, I've started introducing myself this way. So let me take a minute and just do this. Okay. So I am Deborah daughter of Gloria, granddaughter of Rose, mother of Robin, and grandmother of Karis. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. Yes, you understand that. Oh, absolutely. I and mean, it gives me the chills. That's, uh, thank you so much. I, I really, wow. I learned something again from you, and I'm also going to pass that on, and I'm going to start introducing myself as such. 
Yes, yes. That's why it's important to connect, right? It's so important yes. to, to learn from each other. This is this is so powerful. Thank you for that. And, and on that note, rightly with this with this program today, with the topic Kamala Harris and Michelle Obama, black women in America, powerful black women, powerhouse black women in America. Without um, what's without what's his name? Um, I'm sorry, Congressman Jim Cliv uh, Clyburn, who resuscitated. Uh, Joe Biden's campaign, without him, this campaign was dead, in my view, and some other people's views. Oh, you're absolutely right. You're yeah, absolutely was, right. He was finished. Was right. He was finished. Yeah, he was, he was just dead. He, he, I mean, Jim Clyburn literally resuscitated the, the, the Biden's campaign. You know, of course, not just Jim Clyburn by himself, but the, the African-American mm -hmm. community. Yes, oh, wow. but I have to tell you, Bookie, I was so excited that black women rose up in this country and said, we have been the backbone of the Democratic Party, okay? Yes. We're supporting you 95, 96% every election. It's time for a black woman to get a really strong position. And I'll tell you, when I saw Kamala Harris do her speech, Bookie, I cried. Just like I cried with Obama, okay? I cried. Yes, yes me too. I mean, it's so infectious, her energy. She, she's just so full of oh, her spiritual energy or whatever, intellectual energy. That's right. Energy is just so infectious, it's, you know, and the spark, right? And Joe Biden yes. needs that. He needs that, and he's a good pair. That's, that's really a good partnership. But you know what? Before we get into that, I also want to further state that without George Floyd's massacre, there would not be a Kamala Harris. Because Absolutely right. Jim Clyburn resuscitated that election, but right in the eye of COVID, when George Floyd happened, we've all had, the entire world has had it by then. And that, what I, I believe that that was the catalyst that really forced Joe Biden to elect or select an African-American, you know, female candidate. And if he did not yes. do that, his election would not, I mean, this, this campaign wouldn't have gone anyway. So what do you- what And do I you think say? the other part of that too, is that when they looked out and they saw their grandchildren, I'm talking white folks now, right. when they saw their grandchildren and great-grands, white and black and Asian, Latino, Marching together right. to support the death of a black man, that changed the whole tide of everything. Because it wasn't just black folks marching now. Right. Okay, the millennium said, oh no, we're not going to tolerate this anymore either. And they went out and marched. That's right. So, and that right there is a breakdown of the lies of the race construct, right? It's yes. not about yes. color. So that dismantled that entire thing about, you know, black people or white people. No. So that's why what I call a new dawn, it's not a new day. We're not beginning something new. In my view, the America up until George Floyd, that America, that was the end of that era. This is a new dawn. A dawn yes. where we are, are the table before the table is set. 
not asking yes. to be to, to be invited to any to any dinner, but we are the we are part of that that we're gonna have a dinner and we're part of that planning before you even get to sit at the table. That's where we are now. Absolutely, there was a paradigm shift. Absolutely, that took place in the world because the whole world demonstrated right, right. to support this yes. because they knew that it was so wrong, and even though. Others have said, I can't breathe. This was a catalyst. This was a paradigm shift. This is when the tables opened up. And the spirit just took over. Do you remember this little girl? Uh, You remember Dr. Fisher, who I've worked with for years, right? And you remember his little daughter. Remember her daughter, his daughter with her little bag and her makeup? Right. Okay. She graduated from NYU. This is a young, young Jewish girl. She went out and demonstrated in every demonstration in Brooklyn. I remember her. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. So, so that that's where we are now. That it, it's a new dawn. The lie that's been told for decades. Yeah. It, it's 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 now over. Now, when you look at first, I want to talk about Michelle Obama, this powerful oh, woman. Yeah. Yes. That speech. That again sets a new premise for this country. The, like speaking truth to power. What is your take mm-hmm. on that speech? Because the way they were okay. trying to characterize her when she was, you know, the first lady, and she's still the first lady as far as I'm concerned. But it was yes. so hateful. There were so many ugly things said about that I don't even want to repeat on air. But look, they can say all they want to say, but speaking truth to power, when there's someone of that intelligence, of that caliber, stood up and pull no punches and toll truth to power. You can't, you can't put yeah. it pregnant over that. That's, that's just a fact. Standing and, 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 she, and she spoke from her heart, yes. okay? And she showed her pain. She showed her intelligence. She talked about structural racism, okay? What? I was stunned. I said, oh, look at this, look at this. No hesitation, no hesitation. She opened the door. And now everybody's using that term, structural racism. Structural racism. Yes. Structural. Yes. So this is the, I was talking to someone the other day, and I say that black people, people of African descent in this country, African Americans, Mm -hmm. that, well, I consider myself black now. I'm Nigerian American. We don't seem to leverage our power enough. It's like it's like we it's like we don't step out and make demands as much as we should be making demand. Not only did again James Clyburn set this, you know, uh, wrecking ship back on track, right? Right. Hannah right. Harris has re- reignited this country. The energy. The I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. And then you you look at again uh, Michelle Obama's speech. So I come up with these Kamala Harris and Michelle Obama, African powerhouse African American women talking about black women. Can they help redeem this country? What do you what do you see? They are redeeming this country. They are redeeming this country. When you consider what a lonely position. Michelle Obama was in, in that White House. The isolation that she felt, the degradation that people tried to put on her. 
it was just her and Barack sharing with each other. And maybe her mom, thank God her mom was there to support her too. It took so much inner strength to maintain her dignity and her balance and her self-respect. And she took us to a whole nother level. Okay. Yes. Not one person on the Obama administration was indicted for anything. Okay. That's right. And you look at what's happening right now. It's a whole group of grifters. Yes. Stealing and taking in the White House. Right. And as you say that, I just got a, a moment here. I mean, imagining that Michelle Obama and, and, and President Obama, thank God for, for the two of them, were at the White House where before them, their ancestors actually were working in the kitchen, right? At the White House. They were, yes, they, they yes. were folks or servers at the White House. You know, that, that's, right. that, that's just a, the power of the, the, the spirit, the universe, that the ties do turn no matter how long it takes. Yes. And Bookie, this is where I even go deeper. We built that White House. Right. Our ancestors yes. helped build it. Yes. Okay? So what did we leave in those cornerstones? But our spirit, Okay. So that one day this would happen. Yes. You know, I was born in America. I never thought I'd ever see a black president. Right. Okay. Are we about to see a black female president? Uh, yes. Yes. It is going to happen. And, oh, it's going to happen. And that's why I cried. I cried because I saw that history. This intelligent, articulate, black, Asian woman. Are you kidding me? Who considers herself black? She belongs to the same sorority as my sister and my mother. She's an AKA. Yes. She belongs to Lynx, which is a social organization my mother and sister belong to. And she's a Howard University graduate. Right. So she made a decision that she was a black woman a long time ago. Right. So when... <sighs> By divine order, yes. when we take the platform, these are the things that can happen. Yes. All the years that African-Americans have been denied the opportunity. This, when we, when I don't want to use the word, there's no allow in my whatever anymore. When we rise, we always rise in, in spite of all the odds, all the oppression. Yes. When yes. we are able to get, that's always a take your knees off our neck. That's right. So we're saying that when we emerge on the platform, on the universe, then the world can see what we are made of. And you, you used the word before when you said demand. Right. This is one of the first times that we've demanded something for our loyalty and yes. all that we have given to this country. Because uh, African-Americans, we didn't demand anything. We accepted. Right. Okay? We adjusted. This time, we said, oh, no, we're going to demand this now. You, you're going to come forward for us because we've been holding your back. We have been your neck. We have built this country. We're demanding it. We're right. not asking anymore. We're no. demanding. On, on every level, 
Yes. And this is how we raise our children. This is how we inform our sisters and brothers and our family. We're not asking anymore. We're demanding. Yes. We're demanding education equity. We're demanding economic equity. We're demanding healthcare equity on every level. That's I'll right. give you an example. That's right. I I've been looking for a female black gynecologist. My insurance mm -hmm. carrier cannot find me one. Of course, you know, they have to be part of the network. Mm -hmm. They have to be in the zip or whatever I want to go. So I gave that as an anecdote to how they have deprived the African-American community the opportunity to be all that they are ordained to be by the, by the higher powers, right? Yes, yes. But you do not give people the equal opportunity to get uh, what is it called quality education you wouldn't find you know engineers or the black you wouldn't find uh, in medical i mean uh, uh gynecologists or obg and I'm, I'm not saying there are not many african americans mm -hmm. are in so many fields but we don't have enough of that because we've been short change for 400 years yes so we don't and have for, for every oppression education oppression in every zip code that's segregated the the long-term result is that i cannot find a female black gynecologist I cannot find a black female teacher in my son's school. This is the catalytic effect down the yes. line when, when you yes. don't give people the opportunity to get equal education. That's still happening and, until today. And you know, Bookie, yesterday there was an article that was released, and the article said that black babies, when they're born, do better when they have a doctor of color. Right. Okay? And we know what's happening to black women having babies. Okay? Look at look at this wonderful Serena Williams. Right. Almost died from a blood clot when she had her baby. If she didn't know her body and she didn't know what was happening to her body and say, wait a minute, I got a blood clot and told those nurses to do what they needed to do, she could have died. And it wasn't about now, it's about class, right? It wasn't about class because she had money. Right. But she was a black woman and nobody was paying attention to what was happening to her. But because she knew her own body and called them on it. Because they don't know or don't want to know. Exactly. So, so this exactly. is pretty deep. And we didn't, Kamala Harris, Michelle Obama, you name it, mean, there's so many women on that track. We didn't get here by accident. People have worked That's hard, again, riding on the shoulders of other forebearers that got us here. So, yes. but again, when we get that platform, when we demand for that platform to be on the world stage, they begin yes. to see the talent that we are made of, that we are extra extraordinary people in spite of all the oppression and all the challenges. Exactly. That's right. And that and that's why I enjoyed Kamala when she opened up her speech. What did she talk about? How she stood on all the shoulders of all of those black women who came before her right. and paved the way. She knew that she did not do this alone. And that's the point. We don't do this alone. We do this from the, our ancestors and from our community coming together to bring about this change. Right. And I, absolutely. And again, it happens everywhere, whether it's in the school segregation, the housing segregation, whether it's in corporate America, whether, you name it. 
it's yes. everywhere where black people are not given the opportunity to rise to the top. So we are yes. always working for someone, working under someone. So the talent that the, the talent pool of people like Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, Kamala mm -hmm. Harris, and all the other millions of people out there, it's never that talent is never allowed to really blossom, right? Because people cannot are not in the position to 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 make decision to bring their own folk in to, to, to the workspace, right? Exactly. And that's why it's very lonely when you get in those positions, because sometimes right. you're the only one. So you have nobody to share with, right. nobody that will understand what you're going through, right? right. It's very lonely, which right. is why they, everybody needs to support each other. It's a new dawn. Yes. I was, you know, speaking to that, I was watching, I'm not sure one of the which one of the programs was there, that one of these top executives in major corporate America, I don't know if it's Condé Nasty or one of those media companies, the mm -hmm. guy was saying that since he became, you know, a top executive decades ago, he's attempted to recruit so many Black people, they just would not, they wouldn't hire them. Yes. Because and there are him. qualified black people out there. They there are qualified be, people. They want him to be in that position alone. They wouldn't hire. They wouldn't hire other qualified black people like him. You know, it, it's just I kind of like compare that to you know when my son was going to one of these schools around here, and I I, I don't mm -hmm. be ready to to mention the school now, and I will because I wrote an article about it. One of the charter schools. Mm -hmm. They would not allow PTA meetings. Can you believe this? They wow. would not allow the parents to meet that. There was no PTA meetings. They prefer to meet with you one-on-one -on -one as a parent when you have uh -huh. an issue. I'm not, this is a fact, because I, mean, I, I was one of those parents. Yeah, when yeah, I found yeah. out that they would not allow PTA meetings, I was like, oh my God. You see, this, this is this, and that was not by accident. How these things are systemically done to disempower children and disempower parents. So you don't mm -hmm. want parents to learn about each other. How did I know this? When I started to call out all the other parents that were experiencing the oppression that our kids were experiencing in that charter school. And I was trying to call mm -hmm. the parent meeting and they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow they, no PTA meeting. So I give that another example of how systemically there are actions and decisions and that are not even laws, that people have the audacity to just come up with these, you know, consequential decisions. And it was just, well, this school is implementing this in, and, and it's not like a Department of Education policy. Or, these are the things that happens on, on a lower level to higher level across that continue to diminish our power and, and, and not giving us a platform to be all that we can be. Exactly. And what they didn't want to happen in the school is that the school created a community. Okay. Right. And then as the parents shared with each other, they had so many similarities. There's so many things happening to kids and they realized if they had a community that they were in isolation and then they could work as a group to bring about the change right. and be the change agents like you are, but they didn't want a change agent in that school. That's why they didn't want to have a PTA meeting. Right. So somebody would say, wait a minute, that's not right. Oh, wow, that happened to my son. Oh, that happened to my daughter. Wait a minute. We've got a problem with this teacher. Let's right. talk about this, right? Yes. The same school had 
only one black teacher, but they have two gentlemen in the detention room. Uh, two black male in the detention, detention uh -huh. for this, the, the, the idea for detention room in an education uh, institution or construct, it, it's, it's highly disturbing. Like it's some, I, I was so disturbed by this. Like, you have a detention room? I didn't know all of this when I was getting my son into the school. Well, you managed to find, you know, two black men in the detention room. You will not put them in the classroom, but you put them in the detention room. And let's talk about that a little deeper, because then what that does is put the black men in a position that's negative. Because going to detention is a negative thing, right? Absolutely. So you have two black men running the detention room in a negative space, okay? Rather than having them in the classroom as positive role models for all the students, black and white. Yes, ma'am. You're running a police state as part of the education system. Yes, yes. It, it, yes. It's mind-boggling. I, I definitely, after, I, I'll get to that in due time. And I, I, I published an article about this, my experience in that school. And I have to go back to that. Because what I realized about this country, and you're one of those people that taught me this, for every of my African-American sisters, I'm so grateful for the spiritual um exchange and protection mm -hmm. the, the 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 knowledge that you guys have passed on to me so that i know how to deal with this oppressive system that i am now from here right yes, yes. See, it took another sister like you that calmed me down and say you know what just take your child out of that school because yes. what the system would do the system will set you up set you up emotionally spiritually physically right mm -hmm. so that you're fighting a battle that you cannot win and then you, you, you then you shift your, your focus is lost you lost your focus on what's actually what you need to do for your family and that's what they do so i had to take a moment and and, and with that you're right. jeopardizing the education of your child right and when you're what not, is your child learning mm -hmm. when you are not balanced spiritually balanced you can't even take care of your child so by setting you up and something happens in the work system, when people, yes. for instance, people that I work, what they call essential workers or non-essential, mostly essential workers before mm -hmm. essential workers before they became another lingo, right? They, mm -hmm. they were the backbone of this city. So they leave their home at 5, 6 a.m. Because I know this for sure. I've worked in so many programs. And they yes. would, um, take their child to daycare because they have to travel so far to get to work. And they come back late to pick up the child. So there's no time to really bond. They're so tired. They, don't, they can't spend enough time, with, you know, quality time with the child because they have to, it's like, you know, a bread meal. They can get back to work the next day. I'm just saying that this system is set up in such a way that there's no respite to even get a spiritual balance. Going back but to the, other part of, the other part of that, Bookie, is then if they schedule appointments with the parents, right? They schedule them during the day. And these are working parents, okay? So they right. can't come during the day. Right. That's intentional also. Right. So, so you see, understanding all these little big things that oppress people of color every day, it's really important to, to, to make the connection. Because you don't, right. you don't know why, oh, why is my child behaving this way? 
or why am I feeling this way? Because you have no time to breathe. They got their knee on your neck. In exactly. every little so, big way. And that's like, look, look at what's happening right now on Facebook, okay? Some of the comments that are being made about Kamala Harris are getting me so angry, okay? Because you can imagine what she went through as a prosecutor. You can imagine what she went through as a DA. One of few people of color, can you imagine? And a female on top of that? And a network that's predominantly male? Right. We, she caught serious grief. Right. And we're not even, you know, going there as far as social media, whatever they write. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're not, because that's another way to poison the well. We, we, we're moving on with Kamala Harris and more of Kamala Harris that are about to come our way. That's where but you know what I love? I'm loving it that black women are saying, oh, no. Kamala, Harris, we got your back, girl. We got your back. And we are on the media. We are tweeting and putting comments up on Facebook and telling people to chill out. Uh, It's wonderful. I've never seen anything like this. And as we started, this is our time. This is our time. This is our time. Uh, Before I move on from that, going back to that school I was talking about, the charter Mm -hmm. school, not only did they pull these 100% 100% children of color. Not only did they put the boys, for the most part, in detention, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they would not allow the child to go back in the class, classroom until the, the child signs a document saying that they agree with the whatever offense they are being charged with. Doesn't that sound like a police state? Sure does. Wow. Don't agree on your, what your teacher alleged that you did? Exactly, because it doesn't not- have to be true. It doesn't have to be true, number one. Okay? Yeah. My, my child says, my mom told me, don't sign anything that you disagree with. And he said, I'm not signing it. Good for him. And he still, he said, I'm not, this was going on without my knowledge for a long time. Oh. Until I started looking at, into these and the document. You've been in detention room all this week. What? Anyhow, that's just, but it's a new dawn, as I said. And yes. But you see, this is the point, Bookie. Right. If we don't talk about these things, people don't know what's really happening. They don't. Okay? See. Those other parents, that was happening to their sons also, but they didn't know. The other parents reached out to me because a lot of them, including, again, I'm in Harlem. We're talking about charter school in Harlem. And mm-hmm. all Harlem now has a large population of African immigrants, African immigrants, you know. Yes, uh, yes. At least in the last 20 years until these, what is it called? Uh, um, There's another word I'm looking for. I can, um, um, anyway, until white people start moving into the neighborhood. What is, what is that? Yeah, the gentrification. The gentrification. gentrification thank you. So mm-hmm. a lot of Africans have moved into this neighborhood in the last 20 years. So they've, yeah, you know, they have children, just like a lot of people have children, right? Yes, and yes. those children are a good percentage of the student body in the public school system in Harlem. The yes. white people that are moving into Harlem, they're not having children. They have, they have dogs. They have pets, right? And yes, yes. <laughs> yes. They true to power. Yes. The thing is that, so because of 
the population of the students in, in this public school is changing, shifting, and also the fact that, again, 100% of the students have been profiled. They feel that they need to build a charter school for, you know, brown and black people. That is like, that in itself is a problem. Anyhow, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I started learning about those other parents because they started reaching out to me. And what they have been doing is showing up at this school looking to confront someone because when they call no one picks up uh-huh so they show up and then they start so oh, you can't show up here and so on you know but i would walk in with documentation of you know <laughs> what happened mm -hmm. uh, that's my girl that's my bookie right i'm giving them <laughs> dates and time and what and this and that so uh -huh. the parents are felt disempowered because they didn't have any avenue to really deal with the issue and you're not giving them an audience. You're not, there's no PTA meeting, you want to have one. That is another atrocity in the charter schools. Why aren't there charter schools in white neighborhoods? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is there a need for another system of education, another another structure of education, if you will, a model? Is that's the right another model of a public school so keeping their knees on our neck is on so many levels and sharing information is one of these way one of the ways to empower each other because a lot of parents especially you know immigrant parents all these things that i have learned to decode because of people like you a lot of my people that's a good word that's they, a good word bookie decode decode, decode a is a really people. strong word yeah a lot of and people. you know something this is what we don't understand charter schools big business they're making big money off of that charter school okay big business How is and that? they're using it as another way to control kids okay the the, the system the the um operational system of this charter mm -hmm. school is mm -hmm. what i call colonial boarding school i'm familiar with what a colonial boarding school looks like i went to yes one. yes i went yes. to one so you recognize an oppressor when you see one isn't that what kamala harris says the other day i know a predator when i see one. Oh, when she said, when that, she said that twitter lit up because we all know what she was talking about because you see you yeah that's right so you have to have known something what to look for so that when you when you come across it right on right your radar you, you know what mm -hmm. you're looking for so same thing with this with this school system where they have again talking about the charter school they have these what they call ppp i don't know what public private part i don't know yeah. how that works you take mm -hmm. in public funding or private funding into public education oh, yeah, why, don't yeah. just, why don't you just improve the, the public school system quality of education. Why do you feel okay. the need to create a different system parallel to, to existing public Exactly, school? exactly. And you know what's incredible when you think about that Betsy DeVoice woman, right? right? Who has no educational training, yet she's over the Department of Education, right. you know, for the federal government. And what, what does her family do? They were into building charter schools because they were stifling the money exactly. out of the public school system. And when you do that, the public school system loses. 
they lose because then they don't have the equipment, the teachers, you know, all the things that they need. But Kamala said something that her mother told her. And her mother said, and this is what basically you taught your son, Bookie. She I said, her mother you. said, when she would come home, she would say, what did you do? Okay. So if something happened to you at school, what did you do? What did you do to change it? Did you just accept it? Or what did you do? Did you That's do? critical that our kids learn that. You know, I, I absolutely, a hundred percent. And I know how you raised your beautiful daughter as well. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the last guest I had was also an old friend. We're talking about again. This is so powerful. The power of black women in the homes. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. it's so important. I would nurture this beautiful children. And if we're not available spiritually, if we are being poisoned because of whatever happens out there, how do we then, whatever we bring these kids also, you know, everything is, you know, it's infectious, right? When you bring positive energy, you get positive energy. Well, do you remember what you said earlier? You talked about these parents getting up early in the morning as essential workers, riding the trains working hard, coming home exhausted, right? Their energy is so different because they don't have the time to smell the roses. They don't have the time to really think and be a critical thinker. Now it's like, see these kids and get them to bed and let's get ready for the next day, right? Right. right. You don't. And that's why we talk about the right wage, not a living wage, not a fair wage, but the right wage for people that are working so that they can take That's care right. of their family. That's right. But, yeah, when someone work all those hours and, and then the jobs are, of course, moving into the central, central location. So they travel so many hours to get to work, so many hours to get back. They don't get to spend time with their parents. This country, the most advanced economy in the world, has forced people to choose between raising their family and, and working. Look at Canada. Okay, during the um, COVID time, Canada gave their people $2,000 a week, okay? What did America give, right? You got the one check for 1200 per person and 500 if you had a kid. Right. And other countries are giving 2000 right. a week? Something's wrong there. This is why, you know, we're talking about about sharing is so important to keep people work. To work is not just a slogan. It is so profound and so powerful. If you don't recognize that you're being oppressed, how can things change? Exactly. That it's not your fault. That you got to work so many hours, make minimum wage that's, that's $10 or $11 and whatnot, and raise your child on that minimum where you work so many hours. So you have to choose between putting meals on the table, paying the rent, even paying all the pay the rent. People put three paychecks together. And the, and the other part of it, God forbid, if you got sick, right? Because you couldn't afford to take the sick day, okay? Because you need that money to pay your bills. And if you go sick, who's going to take care of your family? There you go. That's right. So, so it's right. you done. That for everyone that we can reach, we're participating, that we want to be at the table before the table is set. We want to be part of that policy discussion, you know, 
before it's passed into law. That's what we that's want right. in the school system. That's, Again, that's right. parents shouldn't have to. Education should be, education should be an inalienable right. It should be, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's, an, it's an inalienable right. It's not, it's an obligation of the society that people get quality education. I shouldn't have to take my son to a private school to get a mm -hmm. education that my son got. That is, there's something really wrong here. And the other part of that is the people making the decisions about the school should be parents who have kids, right. young kids in the schools, not folks whose kids graduated 30 years ago, right? Because they don't know the school system now. They have to be, as you said, at the table making the decisions. And they don't, they don't even, I mean, I, I was talking uh, to, uh, to my son, I said, if I didn't take him out of the public school, Deb, I would not have known the huge difference in education. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known. I knew something was wrong when I had to walk into a classroom and I, I found myself in a position where I'm teaching his teacher. Like, are you serious? Oh, teaching, wow. You're teaching English and you're grading this paper. I, I, I don't even want to go there. So That's unbelievable. If I don't know what to look for. How do I fight fair? How do I even fight? If That's I don't right. know what I'm, what, if I don't know what I'm staring at, I don't, if I don't know how to decode the system, how do I even fight fair for our children? That's right. How and the other part of that is because the parents don't know don't how know. to decode it, right? They go into that school and, 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 to deal. and they're intimidated, okay? Because there may be a little language barrier or, what, or a cultural barrier. So then they get intimidated going into the school. Right. And, and that's intentional, too, to intimidate them so they won't come back. Of course. How do I look into another school and know that, okay, I need to, I, I want my son to have a global education as a global citizen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a school whose vision and mission is in alignment with mine. Yes. When I raise my child as a global citizen with my own value system and, you know, in my own home, being a global, that's right. representing a global, a global, uh, 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 the global citizen as well. So that's, that's right. What I, how do I find that? If I don't even know it, how do I then go find what I'm looking for? Mm -hmm. How do I write a letter to that school to make a case to advocate for my child? Wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. And all of that, I mean, you know, boy, do you know my story? All yes. of that, yes. Deb, I've had to do that to choose, to choose being a parent first. I gave up everything else to be yes, a mother. Yes, she did. To be a mother yes, she first. did. That's right. Thank you that I would hold this child to my bosom. I will be at home every night. I will be at home yes. to pick him up from school. Every, yes. If we live in, a, in, in a, a box, it doesn't matter if we live in a you know, matches box or whatever, but I am yes. holding this child tight to get the right education. Because you understood the importance of it, right? Yes. You understood that you're going to make a difference in those early years with him and building that foundation, right? 
So you even sacrificed your own career yes. to make sure that would happen. Because I know you did. Okay? And that's what you have to do. That's what you're forced to do. It takes a village to raise a child. That village has been eroded deliberately in our community. That's right. Deliberately in our house or where the men are forced out for several That's right. We are not stupid people. We are intelligent people. We know the, the structural racism. We know all the things that have been putting into place on, on every level to make sure our men are not in our home. We know. Yeah, yeah. Because you want to destroy... And that shows you how strong the black man is because you want to destroy his self-esteem. You destroy, destroy the black man's self-esteem. Look what happens. It affects the family. So then you're destroying the family. You destroy the entire generation because when you, when you, when you take the man out of the home and I'm dealing with a school system that's suppressing my child, that's setting my temperature up, right? That I cannot that's get right. my spiritual balance. Then you derail me totally. And then you derail my, you derail my child. And then my grandchildren you derail because there is that's no right. in the home now to pass on mm-hmm. to nurture our children. This is deep. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not building the wealth that you can do when you have a partner, right? Because two people can do more than one person, right? So you're not building the generational wealth to pass on to that next generation right. that we need. Right. You know, when, we, when we're looking for all the, we're looking for engineers, we're looking for doctors, we're looking for scientists, we're looking for, we can't find enough of them in our community because you have, de- you have deprived them of the education that will get them to, to be that professional, that they're capable of being. Yeah, because they're making a decision about little black boys, unfortunately, by the time they're in second and third grade. And, you know, the boys can be rambunctious or whatever, and all kids learn different ways. But they make decisions by putting them in special ed classes where they're not going to get the academic program. All kinds of decisions are being made. Parents want to trust the teacher to make the right decision. But every teacher is not making the right decision about your kid. When you talked about how you had to help teach the teacher about right. English, right. what does that tell you? Right. And when I, 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 when I show up at the school and you're trying to tell me, I'm, I know my child. You don't. That's but right. If you don't spend time with that child, then you don't know the child. So what and I hear stories. I hear stories of of a mother whose daughter was writing and doing her work, and the teacher didn't believe that the kid did the work herself. Oh, you must have copied this from somewhere. That's also my experience. Uh Uh-huh. When, when, this is a revelation that when when I started this Truth and Reconciliation, I really didn't know where it's going. I know it's going to go. It's going to go so many places. Up until my son being in one of the top private schools in Manhattan, up until even that point, the counselor, mm-hmm. the school counselor that's supposed to help him get to college, all the school that my son has selected by himself because he knows his own talent, the counselor yeah. is trying to say to him, oh, why don't you look at these options in case you don't get into those schools? I said, don't, don't start with me. That's right. Do not start with me. This boy knows his talent. The entire school knows his talent. I know his talent. He is going to get into one, two, three the top three schools on this on his own selected list that I didn't even help him with, 
those are the schools he's going to get into. Do not sit here and try to dissuade him. I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. is it that this is done on purpose or this, some of these white people are just so stupid? If I can't say it any other way. Why some of it is stupidity and some of it is intentional okay you know oh no no you're aiming too high you're aiming too high get another level of schools you're aiming too high if i was in there as a parent to say mm -hmm. oh yeah this is this great great selection you you, you know yeah you, those schools are definitely this is exactly where you belong if i am not there to fight for this young man to say this is where you're going to go and we're going to make sure you get into those schools. I know what to do. It's, mm -hmm. it, it is so much work. It is so much work that a parent, a black parent, a parent of color shouldn't have to go through all these, all these hoops and what that affects our health, everything. Just but to, then what's, 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 what's tougher is the college guidance counselor Right. Usually has two to three hundred kids that that one person has to work with, right? Right. Which means those kids are not going to get the kind of individual attention that they need to make their choices. Right. So, all of this to say that we have to be at the drawing table. Mm hmm. We have to empower every parent because everything stems from our home. Kamala Harris came from that home. Michelle Obama came from that home. Oprah came from that home. Everyone that is not a public figure, that's not a celebrity, they, that, that turned out to be good or whatever, came from a home. Uh -huh. Someone there, you, Deborah Pointer, came from that home. As you introduced uh -huh. the show, can you please... Uh -huh. Say that again, how you introduce yourself when you came on. The, thank you for coming on. I'm so blessed to have you this afternoon. Can you repeat oh, as you introduce yourself? That's sure, yeah. I am Deborah, granddaughter of Rose, daughter of Gloria, mother of Robin, and grandmother of Karis. Wow. Really, really powerful. I, I'm trying to say that, but I, I need to write it down first because mm -hmm, <laughs> in mm -hmm, order that you mm -hmm. said it. Okay, mm -hmm. let, let, let's do this exercise. Start with the first one and I'll do mine. That will make me remember. Okay. remember. Yes. Okay. So I am Deborah, granddaughter of Rose. I am Bukola, granddaughter of Ibidun. Daughter of Gloria. Daughter of Fumilayo. Mother of Robin. Mother of Ifemiwali. Grandmother of Carol. Grandmother of my child to come in the future. I don't yes, know. yes. Isn't that beautiful, though? I just love that. That is just so powerful. And the other thing I, I, I said about, again, talking about being a parent. Mm-hmm. When we gave my son a camera, this is so touching to my heart. When we gave him a camera, this was when we realized what a good photographer, a phenomenal photographer is. He is phenomenal. He is phenomenal. How do you know that your child is a good photographer when they don't have a camera? That's just symbolic. 
There's yeah. so many kids yeah. that do not have the tools and resources. Just a, a camera. Yes, yes. How do you yes. know what that child can see through their lens? But you said something earlier. You have to know your child, okay? And spirit told you to get that camera. Even if it was a little brownie camera from a secondhand store, spirit told you, get him a camera. See if he likes it. Or spirit would tell you, get him a little instrument, get him a flute. You know, look and see what he enjoys. Help him develop that. He turned down. You got to know your kid to do that. You got to know your kid. You got to know your kid, but you got to also have your spiritual balance to spend time. I know yes. what it takes to be there. I know what it takes to choose to be a mother. I know what yes. it takes to say, okay, you're always going, you're always doing, but this child is here now. You're going to have to put everything on hold for the last 20 years, for the next 20 years mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. here to help this child that you brought into this world to help that child build its own life. You got to surrender. Nurture. It's all about, you know, it's like that seed that you plant, right? Yes. And you've got to get it water and you got to make sure it gets sunlight, right? And, you, and the weeds have to get pulled and all that stuff. It's the same. But it takes a village. Yes, yes. And this is why, you know, I'm, I feel blessed because I had my grandmother around me as I was growing up. And so now I'm working really hard to make sure that I'm around my grandchild, you know? To put into her, you know, to put into her what I've learned from my grandmother. This is the power of intention that you chose to do this because you had the same experience. Or even if you mm -hmm. didn't, you still chose mm -hmm. that this is the way to do this, to get, to, to get this person to realize that you, you got to nurture them and breathe into them when they're born and you're raising them to be there. I like the way you said that, the power of intention. Of intention. That's right. Mm, mm. Yes, that you want to be there. <laughs> this is how you have to be there. That's right. That's right. When 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 my son was younger, like around maybe three, three, five, six, seven years old, that mm -hmm. he always mm -hmm. had my attention, and I'm always doing one thing or another, and he would come to me, and I'm always busy. You know, not you know, physically, I'm spiritually busy. I'm always busy. And one day right. he walked away, like so disappointed and depressed and I, and I was so I was like oh I was so sad like I'm so sorry mm -hmm. <laughs> I, need, I, I need to give you time you know I'm sorry you have to nurture them so we we uh, uh witnessing you know having a first black female president in this country and I, I, I really Think that that's what's what's gonna happen. It's coming. Yeah. It and you know what else? You know what else, Bookie? That that has me encouraged too. Yes. When I look at that group of women called the Squad, yes. okay, yes. in Congress, okay, yes. those young women called the Squad. Look at them. Yes. Look how they empower each other yes. and support each other. Yes, it's beautiful. And when Kamala Harris says, we get so many lines that I wrote down that, you know, I'm sure you mm -hmm. remember a lot of them. When she said there is no vaccine for structural racism. Yes. How? Oh, was that not? Was that not? 
Oh. Was that not powerful? Oh my, oh my God. That's what I said. Vaccine for racism, guys. Yes. You have to do what? the You yes. have to atone for your sins. You have to pay reparations. You have to have the conversation like we're having now. You have to speak truth to power. You have to acknowledge. If you don't acknowledge, if you continually in denial, mm-hmm. then the war continues. And this is why you need strong men, because Biden wasn't afraid to put a strong woman next to him. Yes. Okay? Yes. It's so, it's, so, it's so divine. It's divine order, you know, mm-hmm. for people that believe in spiritual power, which is real. You have to believe it, but it's real. Because it's real. Obama was just there yesterday. And haters that didn't, whatever, they wanted Donald Trump, hey, they've got a test of their own poison, right? Yes, they do. Look at what's happening now. You're about to have a black female president, (laughs) whether (laughs) you're black (laughs) or not, just within a decade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look at what has happened when God says, listen, I'm a a, 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 a spiritual person. I'm not a religious person. I'm a Mm -hmm. mom by faith, but I'm a spiritual person. When God says it's time, it shut the entire world down simultaneously so that the birds can, they can breed, they can fly in their own sky without human. Oh, yeah. All of that. The sea can That's right. There was some. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect this to happen. Did you? No. What? Okay. That's, that's the point. Eight but months, God said. But God eight. said. Mm-hmm. Once God says, yeah, I'm going to shut everyone down. The mm-hmm. sea, the fly, the sky. That's the power. That's the power of the spiritual being. Believe it or not, this is the power that drives the universe that now brings Kamala Harris into, onto this ticket. Just that's right. Oh, well, four years after you know Obama. Yes. Hello. When you say you mm-hmm. don't want a black one at White House, you're about to get a black female at the White House. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. And a black woman married to a Jewish man. Hello? They don't want the Jew they don't want the Jews in there either, okay? So we, we are in this world where people I mean the protests and everyone that went on this generation are calling for change. They have had enough. And they are the ones Enough that, is that, enough. The mantle is being passed on to them. Unfortunately, I don't have that letter that uh you know honorable what's his name, John Lewis, the letter that was published, because he wrote that letter and he says, well, a few days before I died. Yes, he did. Something in that letter, I'm paraphrasing to the, to the fact that, he, you know, it's now your, your battle. I'm, we're passing on these, I can't find mm-hmm. these words. So this young generation, they, they're taking to the street. They're demanding change. Change that That's they're right. participating in. So it's not, it's not a, they have, this the mystified the, the, the crock about race construct that like people are better uh-huh. because of their color. they know better than that because they're living they right. live this, this life they don't want mm-hmm. their fellow citizen to be killed on the side of the concrete or to be shut down in their own in their own house while they're sleeping by a yes. police that busted into someone's apartment and said oh i thought that was my apartment what kind of evil is that exactly or have a warrant for one thing and it's the wrong house right. and they kill that poor woman yeah so mm-hmm. they, they, this generation of now started a new, they're making demands that that's why we all have to be, for every mother, everything starts from the, from the home, not from the street, not from the school. 
what you teach your child in that home is what create whatever defense and how they're going to approach whatever when they step out. So it starts from home. Every parent should raise at this juncture, should communicate to their children the way I am with mine, that you are mm-hmm. responsible for everyone mm-hmm. and you're responsible for this planet. You must That's defend right. and stand up and speak up when something is wrong with an injustice. You must speak up. You must speak truth to power. If every parent does that, that that's where we're starting. Yes. That's where we're starting. And I, you know, I, I, I really, I'm so grateful that you, you make the time to come join me to, to have this. Oh, I'm happy to do it. I, you know, this has been a great discussion today. And uh, it just opened the door. It just opened the door. And we have to continue. We have to continue to empower. To make sure that yeah. grandparent, you're there. Just yeah. the way Michelle Obama's mom went to the White House. It's it, it important for, 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 for a grandparent to be there. Yeah. At whatever cost it is, leave that job. Spend less hours. Come and take time to help build this family into the future generation. Bring That's in right. past experiences and love and that spiritual sacredness that was passed mm-hmm. through you. Be there to pass it on to your child and their and their children. That is an obligation, not just how much money you make. That's right. That's right. That's right. If, if we worship money, you can't, put a, you can't put a price on it. You can't put no. a price tag on it. Or you can. You get Donald Trump. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Price tag. Yeah, yeah. Every freaking thing that is about money, it's about it's about cheating your way all the way. That's right. By all means necessary that no one else matters but you. Cheating everyone, not paying your fair share. If you worship money, you would have Donald Trump in every boardroom in the world and you would have them leading, leading your country, representing your country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Last word. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, please give us the last word and we're going to wrap up. My last word would be thankful. I'm thankful, I'm grateful that I had this opportunity to share with you. And um, I'm just grateful that I can. And during this, this pandemic era, it made us all start thinking about what we value more. Because we all got some quiet time, yes. you know, to just think about what we need to do. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I survived it. I'm grateful that I see these strong black women coming forth as role models for our sons and daughters and grandchildren and future grandchildren. We're living in a powerful time right now. And so I'm just grateful. And I'll be praying for them because they're going to need our prayers and our support. Because it's not going to be easy, but they can do it. Yes. Thank you. I am so grateful for you as well. And I'm, I'm grateful for God's grace. That's one thing. All yes, yes. That I'm grateful yes. for grace. Yes. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Sister Thank Hattie. you so much. Hey. Uh, be blessed. Thank you. See you next time. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The background music for this program is composed and produced by Femi Shinoga Fleming. You can find more of his music under the name Sad Noise.
and on iTunes, Apple Music, Bandcamp, and Spotify.